So today, if you're turning with me in your Bible, I'm going to start in Proverbs 25. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 26. And I'm going to spend a few minutes today talking to you about fruit and growth. And I want to start out by talking to you about a detox. Because I think a lot of times we live life in this toxic state. And Jesus said that we're supposed to have a river of living water on the inside of us. Meaning that we can drink from, the water that we can drink from, from and never thirst again. We should have this river inside of us. But that river should also refresh the people we come in contact with. Right? If you've got a river of living water in you and I'm thirsting to death, then that's pretty selfish of you to not share it with me. And same here. But if your river is toxic, or if your river is stagnant, no inflow or outflow, then it's not very good for you to drink, and it's not good for you to be given to other people. You're going to get somebody sick. Plus, you're breeding all kinds of mosquitoes and stuff that are really annoying and sucking blood or life. So, is the river in you toxic? I want you to start out by just do a self-examination. I'm going to have a show of hands. If you're a toxic person, just come stand down front. Or, no, I think this altar call would work better. Like, point out somebody else in the room that you know is toxic, and then y'all come down if somebody points at you. No, don't do it. Don't. Stop, 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 stop. Look straight ahead. (laughs) Just do a self-examination. Think about it. The people you come in contact with... If I asked your coworkers about you, would they say, oh yeah, she gives me a fresh drink of water every time I come in contact with her? Or would they say, no, negative, no, toxic, no. In fact, I kind of turn the other way when I see him coming because is that you? See, sometimes, some of us, probably all of us in some area or another, we need a detox. We get numb to certain things. We build up a tolerance to certain things, and we need a spiritual soul detox. So how do I do that? Make sure you have an in and an outflow. For it to be healthy, you need to have some water coming in You also need water coming out. If it's just coming in, that's no good. But if it's just going out, then you're always empty. If it's not coming in or out, then you're stagnant. You need an inflow and an outflow. My pastor, Pastor Bruce, says just to ask yourself these two questions pretty often. Whose well am I drinking from? And who's drinking from my well? Just to kind of check your your inflow and your outflow. Like spiritually, who am I getting fed from? Who am I, who am I allowing to speak into my life? Who am I allowing? And if there's no one, that's a problem. I mean, it shouldn't be everyone. You can't let everyone have a voice in your life. You'd be more messed up than no one, probably. But you have to have some people that you allow to feed you, to speak into your life, to give you that drink of water. And you better have some people that you're giving water too. So we need a fresh flow in and out. Why? Fruit won't grow in a toxic environment. It won't. 
and we all want to have fruit. We all want to reap a harvest. Like, I want to look at my life and have fruit. I want to have fruit to give away and fruit for myself. Like, we all want a fruitful life. We all want a big harvest. We want to receive and reap. Fruit won't grow in a toxic environment. If the water or the river in you is stagnant, fermented, toxic, that equals no fruit. Galatians 5, 22, we're going to turn to it in a minute. Not yet. But it tells us what, what the fruit of the Spirit is, that we're all a spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. I don't know if I forgot any. Some, all those. So if you don't have those things in your life, you're not producing fruit. So check your well. Check your river. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 26. I'm going to read it to you in the King James, and I'm going to read it to you in the Message Bible because I like the way it, it words it. So King James says it like this. A righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. Righteous means you're right with God, your righteousness. Your eyes have been opened to what was done for you at the cross. And he's saying when you keep falling down, it's like a troubled fountain. It's like a corrupt spring. It's like muddied water. It's not a fresh drink. When people keep looking at you and you say that you know the way the truth and the life, but they don't see anything different. He's saying it's like giving somebody a drink of muddy water. You're saying I got this fresh river of living water inside of me and they're looking at you going, <laughs> looks like the same mud water I'm chugging over here. Why do I want that? It's no different than what I have. They're, the fruit on your tree don't look any different than the fruit on my tree. Look how the Message Bible words it. A good person who gives in to a bad person is a muddied spring or a polluted well. A muddied spring. I remember uh, my papa, before he passed away, he has a farm over just across the Georgia line into Alabama. And there's a spring over there at the cookie place. We called it the cookie place because he always had a little jar, I mean a metal little can of cookies in there. Well, if you wanted something to drink, he didn't keep drinks in the fridge. There was cool water in the spring. You just had to walk 17 miles. No, it wasn't 17 miles, but when you're a little kid, it seemed like it. When you're thirsting to death, about to pass out. We'll just run on down there to the spring and get you something to drink, son. The problem was the spring was a good little cleaned out spot in the creek that had nice clear water, but there was leaves and mud and stuff on the bottom that was settled down. But when your brothers like Nate and Levi beat you to the spring and jumped in and were splashing around and muddied it up, you couldn't drink. It was a muddied water, a polluted well. Papa had a little dipper that would just hang on the tree beside it. You're supposed to just dip yourself out a little drink and drink it, and it was cool and good water. But when the dog 
or a brother or somebody else had gotten in there and stirred up all the mud, Papa would say, hang up the dipper. You're going to have to wait till it settles down. Come back later. You can't drink it, that old muddy water. Pretty sure I died of thirst three times out there. And the Lord brought me back. I don't want my life to look like this muddied spring that's always stirred up by circumstances or annoying little siblings or whatever. I want to give a fresh drink to the people that are thirsty. A lot of people around you are thirsty. You know that? Let's not be muddied springs. It's like a flower bed. You know that weeds just grow on their own. I got a flower bed in front of my house. You know how many times we've, mostly Jesse, have pulled weeds out of that thing? And they just keep on coming back. We put down plastic or a little black liner or whatever. Eventually, it grows through it. We put thick layers of bark. It grows through it. I sprayed eraser poison on it, and it killed Jesse's azaleas. <laughs> so I quit spraying poison on it because her azaleas were dying. Weeds just grow. Man, I wish flowers and vegetables and good things would just grow like that. Like even if you pull them up and try to kill them, a couple days later, they're back. Weeds just grow. It's the same spiritually. It's the same in your life. The weeds grow, but good things have to be planted. Good things need to be taken care of. Weeds are going to grow. So if you just live and let live and it is what it is, then... Who in here wants a weed garden? No, don't answer that. Let me reword that. Some of you may. I don't want to know. That wasn't in my notes. Let me get back to my notes here. Let's read a scripture. Galatians 6, 7. Paul wrote this. Galatians 6, verse 7. Let's read 7 and 8. Be not deceived. He says, don't be confused. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Some people call it karma. You can call it what you want. You reap what you sow. Run around sowing bad seed, you reap a bad crop. If you sow good things, you're going to reap good things. You reap what you sow. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I want to reap life. I don't want to reap corruption. I don't want to wake up every day and see, well, what kind of corruption do I have on my plate today? You reap what you sow. Usually more than you sow, later than you sow it. Lots of Christians plant a field full of corn and then spend their time praying for watermelon. And then we wonder, why am I not powerful in my prayers? 
Why didn't I have enough faith? I prayed hard for watermelon. But you planted corn. If y'all didn't catch the Wisdom Wednesday this past week, Journey did it. I I guess she's doing kids class. I don't see her in here. Uh, She did it this past week about the seeds that you're planting for the future. What seeds are you sowing? What are you investing in on a daily basis? Does it matter? So don't just pray for something and then not take the steps, not plant the seeds. I don't want to be the kind of Christian that's planting corn and praying for watermelon. I know maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've planted some bad seed. That's okay. There's grace. God can work it out for good. It's okay. Like, I'm glad you're saved. I'm glad you're in the family of God. I'm glad you're going to heaven, but you're still probably going to jail. Or I don't know your story. Maybe you're not. You've got to stop planting those seeds. I'm in a bad place. How do I get out? The same way you got in. Right? You've heard the old saying, if you go a thousand miles into the woods, you got to come a thousand miles to get back out of the woods. Kane Brown. <laughs> but you may need people. You're going to need some relationships. You're going to need people to help you find your way back out of the woods sometimes. Um, I heard this farmer talking about this giant bean field. Acres and acres of beans were planted. And there was one corn stalk that came up in the bean field. And there was a picture of it. And it looks kind of crazy because it's like just as far as you can see is beans. And there's one corn stalk standing up in the middle of that bean field. And what the farmer said about it was that that corn stalk did not produce corn because there were no other ones around to cross-pollinate and, like, it, it didn't produce fruit because it was surrounded with beans. Its purpose was to produce corn. But all there were were, were beans around You know, it's easier to see the toxicity in somebody else's life than in your own. (laughs) It's easy to point it out in somebody else. I can tell you, oh man, he's toxic and she's toxic. And that's a toxic attitude and a toxic relationship. Oh, but sometimes it's hard to see it in our own lives. That's why you need people. That's why you need relationships around you that are close enough that can tell you, hey, you know, pay attention to what you've been saying all day. Check your attitude. Why am I not seeing any fruit? Why don't I have any fruit? I don't have any joy or peace or hope or love or like, dude, you're surrounded by beans. All your friends are idiots. Why am I acting like an idiot? I wonder. You've got to be in relationship with people. So when you realize that you are toxic or there's an area of your life that may be toxic, not fresh, not producing fruit, what do you do? Do you make excuses? Because if you're the kind of person that makes excuses, then that's never going to you're probably not going to clear up that spring. 
Don't make excuses for it or tell why it's that way or why you act like that. Or Check your connections. Check your inflow, your outflow. Check what are you connected to? What is the source of life? Look at John 15, 1. This is Jesus, and he's talking to the disciples, and this is right before he goes to the cross. So this has got to be super important. We know that in the book of John that Jesus said, I think it's seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said all these I am statements. This is the last I am statement before the cross. And this is after the Last Supper. So Judas has already gone to go betray him. So this is Jesus and the eleven. This is not to the crowd. This is not to the multitudes. This is something important that Jesus wanted to say to the closest people that he had to him on planet earth, to his disciples, the disciplined ones. This is what Jesus had to say to him right before he was crucified, after the Last Supper. I am the true or the real, some translations say, the real vine, the true vine. Judah Smith says there are six stages of truth. One, you hear it. You know what I mean? First you have to hear it. Then it hurts. Then it's hard. You ever heard the, truth's, the truth hurts? It does sometimes. Then it's hard. Then it gets heated. And then from heated, you get number five, is you start to heal. And this can be the longest of the whole process. But you heal. Then number six, healing gives way to health. You don't spend your whole life in healing from a wound or a hurt or a pain. There's something wrong. It's not clean. Right? It's toxic. There's an infection. There's something going on. You don't just, you don't just heal forever. It can be a process. It can take a long time, but then eventually you move into health. You're a healthy person. You have a healthy soul. Your river is fresh. Move into health. See, everybody wants truth. Everybody's like, oh, I love truth. I want truth. Tell me the truth. Don't lie then you better get ready for some pain. Dr. Phil says there aren't versions of the truth. There is the truth, and there's the lie. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the real vine. I am the truest. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Pay attention to what it says here. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth or prunes it. Why? That it may bring forth much fruit. Okay, so I've read this before, read this story before, and this hit me this week. Um, that verse that I just read where it says every branch that produces fruit he prunes it he cuts it he purges it what well i'm producing fruit in that area i, I thought you would leave me alone 
right? Because I'm doing good in that area. So why am I getting cut over here when I was doing good? I was producing fruit. You're going to cut me where I'm doing good. Like, we expect to be cut or pruned or, you know, cast into the fire in an area of sin where we're sowing a bunch of bad seed, then we reap corruption. It's almost like we're like, well, yeah, it's my own dumb fault for my bad decisions. But what about this? The areas that are producing fruit, it says he cuts them. So they'll produce more fruit. It's discipline. It's for our good. It's growing us. But in the moment, it feels like a cut. This says that everyone that produces fruit gets cut. What you need to realize is he's not cutting you. Even though it hurts, he's not cutting you, the real you, what you're supposed to be, who you are. He's he's not cutting you. Then why does it hurt so bad? Because you have allowed yourself to be connected to unproductive things. That's what it is, an unproductive branch that's not producing fruit. He cuts it away for your good. But, you know, we can be connected to all kinds of things. We can allow ourselves to be connected to all kinds of things that don't produce fruit. So then it hurts because we've allowed ourselves to be connected to it. We've allowed it to be grafted in or to grow into us. Look, I check this out. I got two branches here. What? Maybe. (laughs) Won't fit in there. Okay, I got two branches here, and I want to introduce you to them. First of all is this one. We'll call him... A live off. Hello. This one. Dedrique. Come on, I'm just thinking of it on the spot. <laughs> now, if you see both of these, there's an obvious difference, even though they came off of the exact same kind of tree. Same age. Both of them are evergreens. Both of them are these great, beautiful trees. And, and you see both of these trees. One of them's shedding all over my notes. Which one is dead? Ooh, see, most people said dead Rike. But actually, both of them are dead. He just doesn't know it yet. A live off hadn't realized it yet. And a lot of times, dead Rike comes into a church. Oh, thirsty. Oh, I'm brittle. I'm broken. And Alife, I forgot his name. <laughs> Old Gary here comes up and says, Hey, boy, you need to hook yourself up to some roots. You better get you a drink of water. You look like you're dead. 
You're thirsting to death over there, boy. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. What are you, the dang prodigal son? And he tries to make dead Rike feel bad about where he came from or whatever. But truth is, both of these are dead. They're both cut off. You know, I thought it was cool that both of these are, they're both evergreens. They call the tree an evergreen. Well, guess what? Dead Rike ain't green. Evergreen means you're always green forever. You're always green. No, you're not. He's not. Dead Rike's brown. An ever brown. You know, that's what happens to you if you get cut off from the vine. You're not connected to the roots or to the life source for long enough. You start not even looking like yourself. God calls you his son, his daughter. God calls you his child. God calls you chosen and powerful. And, and God says all these things about you. He says he has a call and a purpose and a plan for your life. Every person, if you're breathing, I'm talking to you. But if you go long enough, cut off from the source, without a life flow, without the water coming in, the nutrients, the sap that you need. Some of y'all just need some good, need a good sap. Praying for a spouse. Praying for journey to get a good sap. Okay, you need a good life flow. And eventually, you don't even look like who you're supposed to be. You don't even look like what God calls you. You know anybody like that? If I say they're a child of God, they're called by God, they ha they're powerful in the faith, they have a purpose, they're a world changer, and you think, no, he's not. He doesn't even look like anything that you just said. Why? Because there's no proper connection there. Check your connection. And don't just be one of those people that runs around like old Gary there, green leaves, but no connection. That's not good either because eventually you'll be brown. See, even though he's in better condition, he's out of position. And if he doesn't get connected, his life will be affected. There's a scripture that says you have been grafted in to the family of God. Because we were all dead. Right? We were all cut off because of sin. We were all cut off from relationship. But through Jesus and the power of the cross, we have been grafted into the family of God. And we can be connected into his family. How? Keep reading in verse 3. Now you're clean or fresh through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. And he that abideth. Notice Jesus keeps saying, abide. You abide in me. I abide in you. He that abideth. Abide. You can't produce fruit unless you abideth in me. That word abide or abideth, it means to live, to dwell, to stay it means to settle down or to be at home. 
Jesus said, I need you to stay in me. I need you to keep coming back, to dwell in me, to live in me. Like when you're at home. Abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We looked at that verse a couple weeks ago, like, because I can do a lot of things without God. I can do all kinds of things without Jesus, without a good connection to the vine, but they will amount to nothing. And years and years from now, it's not really going to matter. All the things I did without God and without my connection to the vine, the, all the things, like, it will amount to nothing. The, the stuff I can pile up, the, the worldly goods, the gain, the fame, whatever, it will amount to nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man... Abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. You're supposed to bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. The word disciples is disciplined ones. Why? Well, because to bear much fruit, it's going to take a little bit of discipline. You want to bear a lot of fruit, you're going to have to take some cutting. You're going to have to check your water. You might have to pull some weeds or... Be in relationship with other people that can pull those weeds. Because most of the time, you can't pull your own weed. And the bigger that thing gets, the more impossible it gets for you to pull it yourself. You may have to go get some professional help pulling the weed. You may have to get in a program to pull that weed. If you let it get too big, if you let the roots grow too deep, it, that thing becomes a dang tree and you're going to have to go get some professional help. That's why they're programs. Don't let those weeds get too big because you're out of relationship. Get in relationship and trust people enough that even though it hurts and they go to cut something, check this out. Jesus is talking about vines and how the grapevines grow, if you've ever seen a vineyard or anything, they'll have the, I don't even know what it's called, like the ropes or the strings or whatever, that the trellis that the vines are supposed to grow on, however they have it set up. And the vine comes up and the branches come off, but then the branches grow and intertwine with the next branches. And then the next ones and the next ones, and it becomes this giant, continuous Woven together, that's a beautiful picture of the church and what Jesus is talking about here. Like, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine, I'm the real vine. If you're connected to me, then you will be connected to other believers because if I'm connected to Jesus and Wayne's connected to Jesus, then me and Wayne are connected to each other. So just like the vineyard, it becomes one giant vine, but you know the ones that get trimmed, the branches that get trimmed are the ones that don't intertwine with the other ones and they fall down in the dirt. Those are the ones that the husbandman comes by and chops them off because they're down and they're growing into the dirt. They're not producing fruit. There's no grapes hanging off of those. And if there are grapes hanging off of them, you don't want your grapes all down in the dirt. So those are the ones that get cut away. Or as we just read, cast into the fire. 
We're called to be in relationship and intermingled and in each other's lives. And that's how he designed it. But there is always a charge to be connected. It's going to cost you. It's not free. Harrelson County Water Authority charges me every month to be connected to their source, to their supply. And I currently feel like I have a leak up under my house, which I need to belly crawl into the far corner of the house. And every month, my wife tells me that our power, our water bill goes up a little bit each month. So now it's to the point where I guess tomorrow I'm crawling up under the house. Guess what? It costs more if I waste it. It costs more if I got leaks. If you got leaks in your soul and in your life and the dark places under your house where you don't want to dig, you don't want to crawl up under because it's nasty and it's dark and you don't go there. You got any places like that in your mind or your soul? I've been there before. Not to your dark, nasty place in your mind, Tom. The dark, nasty place under my house, way up under there. You might have places like that in your mind or your soul where you're wasting or you're wasting your connection, where your water's running out, and guess what? It'll cost you more. If there's a leak or waste, it costs you more. Same with Carol EMC. They they charge me every month. And guess what? If I don't pay, right? If I stop investing you want to say it that way in Carol EMC I get disconnected I'm busy <laughs> I will be disconnected that person trying to connect to me and guess what I just did disconnected them I'll be disconnected Carol EMC will disconnect you well I just feel disconnected in my relationships at church I just feel disconnected in my marriage. Ooh, did you stop paying? Have you been investing there? Right? I feel disconnected in my, in my relationship with my friend at church. Well, ask yourself this question. Have you been sowing in? Have you been investing there? Have you been planting seeds there? Or have you just let it be? There are opportunities, but there is always a charge to be connected. How much you want to be connected? Much as I can be. How much fruit you want to produce? And you better connect. Maybe you just forgot to pay. Well, how? You invest. On Wednesday nights, you come up here and and you talk to people and you play ball and you, you invest, right? Tuesday night, we got men's Bible study here at 6 o'clock. You come and you build some relationships and you invest and, and you be a part of something and you find people that you can talk to. You go to people's parties. Well, I just can't. I don't know what to talk to people about. It's awkward to build relationships you know it's easier to just not a lot of people are there guess what there's like 
20 people that think I'm their best friend. You know why? It's gotten pretty easy for me to build relationships no matter who or what kind of person you are. Or what like I've practiced and I've invested, but I found out a secret. Everybody in the world has a favorite subject. Everybody. You know what that subject is? Them. I guarantee it. So all you do is ask them a question about their self. I promise you. You get them talking about their kids or their grandkids or their sports team or their what they got going on in their life or their job or it just takes about two or three questions you get them talking about themselves and normally you'll have as long of a conversation as you want you'll be trying to figure out how to get out of it well i'm gonna have to go now it's real nice getting to meet you there and get to talk to you what does that do it opens up a door it builds relationship and you learn you learn about them and what they care about and what's important to them because you need relationships and that's the vines growing together that's the strength that you'll need to hold up the fruit right if you're not intertwined with some other vines you can't hold up the fruit that God wants to produce in your life you can't do it on your own you need him so so what Jesus is saying is the cost of connection will not be greater than the fruit that you will be producing. Have y'all ever heard of Fifth Avenue in New York? Pretty famous, Fifth Avenue. It is considered one of the most expensive and elegant streets in the world. There you can find stores like Prada, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, you can even see Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. And everything on Fifth Avenue is name brand. And it is valuable. It is expensive. The problem is sometimes we think we're walking down Fifth Avenue Right, We think our life and that we've, what we've built is so real and in our spirit and we're walking down Fifth Avenue and we're really in the Bremen flea market. Yeah, look at this. Look at that. Ray-Bans for $23. That's not Ray-Bans. Well, they got the new J's for $30. No, they don't. Trust me, those aren't. <laughs> If you go see the new Jordans at the Bremen flea market for $30, those aren't the new Jordans. It's a knockoff. It's a counterfeit. It's a fake. When we started this in John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true vine. I'm the real vine. I'm for real. I'm the realist. Religion is fake. Worldly success is it's fake. Sin is fake. It's, it's, it's a fake freedom. I'm the real source of life. This is what was so important to tell the 11 before he hit the cross. The last thing, one of the last things he was able to teach them, tell them, I'm the real one. Don't settle for a counterfeit. Don't get cut off. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
Jesus keeps it real. And then he cuts away what we don't need. What is it that we don't need? Lust and anger and selfishness and unforgiveness and bitterness. And there's all kinds of things that we attach ourselves to and we hold on to and we don't need them. And he said, if you're attached to me, dad will cut those things out. The husbandman. Right? If you'll just attach yourself to me, you won't even have to worry about it because my dad, he's going to come by and cut that anger out. He's going to come by and he's going to cut your bitterness out. Or Dusty's going to preach about unforgiveness and, and dad's going to cut away that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness that you've been holding. He, Jesus said, you just worry about being connected to me. and You live in me and I live in you and you abide in me. And you make yourself at home in me and in my spirit and in my presence. And dad will cut away all the things that don't need to be there. All the branches that don't bear fruit, all the fake, it'll be gone. And you'll be left with what's true and what's real because you're connected to the source of life. How do I know if I'm connected? It's real simple. You'll be producing fruit if you're connected. If you don't have hope and joy and love and peace and long-suffering, you don't have any fruit in your life, you need to check your connections with Jesus, with God, and, and with the other vines and the other branches. I'm going to close by reading you what the fruit is. Fruit of the Spirit. Spirit. Galatians 5, 22. Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, are there any of these things you don't have in your life? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Remember, fruit won't grow in a toxic environment. But the fruit. This, just this one last thought that hit me this week when I, when I read this scripture. And then I did some digging and some studying and some looking into it. And I think there's something that we've believed and maybe even taught wrong. But the fruit, it doesn't say the fruits. The fruits of the Spirit. Here's where we go wrong. It says fruit, not fruits. And that's a Greek word. It was translated fruit. Right? And it means fruit, a crop a harvest as a whole, fruit, like one fruit, a singular fruit, not a bunch of different kinds of fruits. Not like, and the fruits of the Spirit are apples and grapes and papayas and watermelons. So I've got the fruit of love flowing in my life, but I don't have the fruit of long suffering. No, not what it means. See, we want to separate it, right? Like peace is a mango and love is an apple, and he's talking about all different fruits. That's not what he's talking about. Go do some studying on it. Read some commentaries on it. Look like we want to individualize the fruit. Long-suffering is a banana. Love is an apple. Joy is a mango. 
and that's the wrong idea. It'd be like me going up to an apple tree and trying to get all different kinds of fruit out of one apple tree. Right? That, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, what? There is one vine. So if I take an apple or spirit, fruit of the spirit, and I cut it open, I will find inside of that piece of fruit the fruit of the Spirit, what we're talking about. If I cut that piece of fruit open, I will find inside of that piece of fruit love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and kindness and meekness and temperance and faith, right? There will be just belief and hope. It's all in that one piece of fruit. It's all there. So if I grow in love, I automatically grow in faith. And if I'm growing in my faith, I'm automatically growing in goodness. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's all one fruit. You can't tell me that you're just growing in the fruit of love, but you're, then later on you're going to try to grow some fruit of long-suffering. It doesn't work that way. Inside the fruit of the Spirit is all of these things. And here's the other thing I think we get confused on sometimes. These are not giftings. Right? This is not a gifting. This is not a special talent. Like, oh Lord, help me. Give me the gift of long-suffering no, as a believer, this is the fruit of the Spirit that should be evident in all of our lives. Now, the Bible does talk to us about the giftings and the calling of the Spirit or the, uh, the talents that God has given you. And so God gives us all different giftings and talents and callings. And I mean, thank God we're not all called to stand up here and preach today because we'd be here for a really long time. Some of y'all said only one of us was, and we're still here for a really long time. I apologize, I've been closing for 10 minutes. Um, but God gives us different giftings and talents, but the fruit of the Spirit is not a gifting. It's fruit. We're all supposed to produce fruit. We're all supposed to have faith. We're all supposed to have love and peace, goodness, kindness. These are the characteristics of a Christian. These aren't giftings and talents to be, well, you get it. I'm not, I'm just not gifted in that area. What? Yes, you are. You are a spirit. It was the spirit producing fruit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Who's driving the vehicle of your life? Is it the Spirit, the life, Holy Spirit? Is it your connection to the vine? Is that what's you're making decisions based out of? Is it your soul? Your soul is just your mind, your emotions, your intellect. Or is it your body, right? You're just acting out of your feelings, what you feel like, what feels good, what you, what hurts. 
if the spirit is driving or another way to say it would be if the tree is healthy here's the fruit love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness kindness faith meekness temperance against such there's no law there is no law against any of that give it out as much as you want love people as much as you can believe hope live and stay connected let's pray God thank you dad thanks for speaking to us today we hear you and we believe you God help us to get connected and stay connected God we ask you to reveal to us and use the people that are in our life if need be if we can't even see it on our own God we give you permission to to prompt the people that we're in relationship with to point out to us the areas in our life where we may be toxic to point out the areas in our life where hey there's a weed you you want some help with that because we want to produce fruit God I want to give hope and love and joy and peace and and I want to be a dispenser and just keep growing more and more and more but I know that's going to take some pruning and some cutting and some weeding and some relationship so God I make a commitment today to be connected to the vine See, I'm going to get in the Word, and I'm going to get in prayer, and I'm going, to, I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to get in your presence, and I'm going to be planted in your house, like Scripture says. And I'm going to build relationships. I will allow my vine to intertwine with other people, even if they're not my favorite. Because I want to see more fruit. I want to see growth. I want to see maturity. And ultimately, we'll change the world for you and for your glory. We love you. Thank you for grace and mercy. We thank you that you're the God of new beginnings. Thank you that you pick us up every time we fall. In Jesus' name. Amen.